0: And here it is, my people, I am Ocho the Owl. And I will make today count, and I invite you, the people, to take today and make today the day that you make positivity and self-empowerment louder. Good morning in the morning, everybody. Happiest of beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Tuesdays. Here in Santa Barbara, of course, we have Zijun Gloom. Which is exciting, it is exciting, my people. In any case, be that gloom as it may, my people. Ooh, I got a fucking gem for you here, and I'm gonna include a cleaner version later on this week. Today here, as as an Ocho the Owl exclusive, we have the one hour, let's say, presentation speech done this weekend at Disclosure Fest. By none other than David Wilcock, Emery Smith, and Mr. Corey Good. This is a historic, historic, historic presentation because these insiders have never come forth really and positioned themselves in such a vulnerable out-in-the-open way and uh, it is nothing Short of historic, the fact that they're going out in the open and saying, Hey, there's these space programs happening. Hey, the government has known about this all along. Hey, and, and, and it goes on and on and on. The rabbit hole is so goddamn deep, my people. I love all this shit, so I'm really excited, as you can tell, I'm sure. In any case, without any further ado, here it is. Please enjoy. Thank you very much for listening. I could ask you to please rate, review, and subscribe as it helps more people find this content. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you very much. And until next time, my people, I am Ocho the Owl. I will make today count. And together, let's increase the peace.
1: Corey Good, Emery Smith. Disclosure Fest 2018. i the Rose Jimmy Church. You guys behave. Alright. How are you guys feeling out there? Everybody feel good? Glad you came? It was expensive, huh? A lot of money to be here. No, this is a free event. We're very happy to be here. So, I want to try to lay out some things. Um, let me see if the Fidelity on this sounds, any, it, this sounds a lot better. Yeah, I'm going to use this. I don't usually like to use those wireless mics ever. And there's coffee all over the stage, so be aware of that, guys. <laughs> all right. There's a lot of things to talk about here. And what we have on this stage, now I know some of you guys know what's going on here. Some of you guys probably don't. So first of all, although normally it's good to have somebody else say these kind of things about me, I have written two New York Times best-selling books in the paranormal UFO field. The third book debuted number nine on the Nielsen ratings, so there's really nobody else who's ever accomplished that. And I also am in almost all of the episodes of Ancient Aliens, which is the number one show on History Channel. Yes. Yes. And so what happened is, many years ago, when I was still a college student, a good buddy of mine comes into the room and says, I don't know how to say this, but aliens are real. And he had a physics professor who was the head of the department, and everybody knew at the higher echelons of NASA in the 1970s that we had achieved the contact with an interstellar-capable spacecraft from Roswell. Everybody in NASA knows this, folks, and they had reverse engineered this craft and had gotten fiber optic cables, computer chips, Velcro, Teflon, LED lights, laser beams, all this stuff. So as time goes on, I start to discover that there are people involved in a very amazing secret world that is so sci-fi. That even the movies that we have don't give you enough creative to really understand how awesome this is. So the first person I'd like to introduce you to tonight is Emory Smith. Now, if you don't know him, I guess I guess you do. All right, so so there's that. Emory Smith, uh, you started talking to me back in 2009, and at the time. You were telling me that you had personally handled some 3,000 different specimens of human like beings in a military project that appeared to be extraterrestrial. Yeah, so, the
2: tissues, Dave, the tissue samples I was sampling were. Cue the mic, get right on yeah, it. Yeah, right, of unearthed origin is what I was told. Or not to be, you know, I'm not allowed to ask what it is. And I didn't find out until a couple years into the projects what they really were. I thought I was actually being hired uh, to do moonlighting as an active duty service member to uh, uh, do some harvest, uh, organ harvesting for fallen soldiers. And that's definitely was not happening. This was not uh, human tissue by far. Some of it did look a little bit human but you can tell by the quality of the tissue and how friable it was and some of these things maybe they were grown there you know because i've known they had these abilities back then so the 3000 tissue samples i don't want even think they were 3000 full body extraterrestrials no that's not true i don't know how many came from outer space and how many were actually grown in the projects but they were definitely um not you know made
1: naturally here on the planet. Okay, so I want you to take that mic and stick it right against your chin. Okay. Just jam out on that thing. Can everyone hear me? (laughs) You like that better? Think that's better? Alright. So, Emery, another thing that is so significant in terms of what we're talking about here today, which is something that even if you guys out here have been watching our show, we haven't gotten to this part of the episode yet. You are claiming to me, and in some of the tapings we've done that haven't aired yet, that you actually worked with live extraterrestrial beings in your everyday line of duty. So could you explain for us some of the extraterrestrials that you personally interacted with? What is it like? Since there's probably some people here, I'm just going to guess, that have altered consciousness, they might be seeing extraterrestrials right now. But what was it like for you when you saw extraterrestrials?
2: I had a close encounter of the sixth kind. I oh, thought really? I was the UFO. <laughs> just fair kinda, enough. That's a that's a funny joke and in, inside. Uh, basically, to answer that question, a lot of the extraterrestrials I work with look just like you and I. You would not even know any difference. They might be a little bit taller. They might have a little bit different pigment. Maybe their eye color is a little bit different than what we're normally used to seeing. And these. Uh, Extraterrestrials were scientists that volunteered to come here and work work with the projects uh, on their own to help elevate us not only technologically but consciously, and that shows a big, <clears throat> compassionate choice to come down here to a bunch of hairless apes that are chopping each other's heads off around the planet to say, hey, we're going to help you slowly, you know, get out of this situation by showing you some hope and some technologies that are there because they themselves, these extraterrestrials that look just like us, some of the humans, uh, human form, and maybe they might be a little bit different in the ears and the size of their skull, the size of their fingers, but they relatively all have the five-star pattern. Two arms, two legs, and a head. And there are, of course, other extraterrestrials which you can just think of any other organism on this planet, any other being such as you know a cicada or a dolphin or a manatee, and just imagine that evolving over billions of years into this form but the ones I was working with were very human-like and they were very compassionate and very intelligent, and they all had telepathic uh, capabilities And telepathy is an actual language that you have to learn it's not
1: that's another reason why I don't like using wireless mics. <laughs> they, uh, they
2: don't want me talking about this.
1: <laughs> it's got to be the government. Get that satellite. Right?
2: Let's form that bubble right around us right now. Yeah. All right? <laughs> we reflect it back. So what I'm getting at is these, the way you communicate with extraterrestrials, most of them, is you have to have this emotion and tension. So I can't have an argument with someone and then walk into a room full of extraterrestrials and say, telepathically, hi, how are you today, if I'm not centered and not happy and in love with myself, because what they're going to hear is, because I'm already angry from another meeting, hi, how are you, I, I love you very much, but how's your day, so they're getting this overwhelming emotion with the communication, so it's a very interesting language to learn when you start doing telepathic stuff with extraterrestrials because you have to do it from the heart and from the emotion of what you're trying to say. Thank you. Thank you. Is that better? It is. Oh, it sounds better. Yes, it does. That's my real voice, by the way.
1: (laughs) So I think it's important, everybody, to keep in mind, because I know there's always some people here who are new to this. Obviously, this is just an event that you could walk up to and say, what are these guys talking about? So I have met dozens of people who have had involvement in something called Cosmic Top Secret Clearance. And Cosmic Top Secret Clearance means that you are 35 levels of need to know above the President of the United States. Now try to wrap your head around that one. 35 levels above the President. Of course, we are told that these are our elected leaders. All the way back to Eisenhower, the buck stops here, and that was Truman too. It's not true. What we're dealing with is a military industrial complex, just like Eisenhower warned us about, that has run away with this thing. And they don't care about the president because he's gone in four to eight years. So it's important to understand that the people that are keeping this secret from you are also controlling the media. And so there is this interconnectedness, which is very provable, between the media and the UFO cover-up. So this is a corporate thing that has gotten out of the control of the people. And what they're doing is they're mounting a psychological operation... Which is more something that baby boomer generation would be aware of and and have been victimized by. Younger people, millennial generation, they're not going to be affected by this thing. They're open-minded, they're curious, they've seen lots of cool movies. That's good enough for them. But what I'm telling you is that at the higher levels, the media is controlled by this military industrial complex. And look at what they've done with the UFO phenomenon. They have, there's so many movies about alien invasion evil aliens even the word alien itself is a racist term actually because as Emery just said, these are humans there are people who could be walking around here right now that were not born on earth that have no genetic lineage to earth except that maybe millions of years ago we had a common ancestor that colonized throughout our galaxy that could be part of what it is and in certain cases it is So I'm trying to get you guys to understand the uniqueness of what's happening here because both of these guys on stage with me have risked their lives to be here with you today, to talk to you about this stuff. And in my personal estimation, from having spoken to many insiders, this is the dream team you're never going to get. Two guys who are more highly aware of what really is going on behind the scenes than what you have on this stage tonight, and so try to get, again get the wrap your head around this narrative. I've been aware of this stuff for 25 years, and then along comes Corey Good, who you first wrote me in 2009, but it wasn't until October 2014 that you started to tell me things that tied all of the other pieces together of everything, every other insider, what he'd been telling me. In 2009, I was vetting you. <laughs> there you
3: go. Yeah, I actually sent... I, I can't tell all of the details. I'll tell a little bit of the story. Okay. Um, I sent him a story about when I was in the State Guard. I was in C4I, Command, Control, Communications, and Intelligence, and we were setting up about a 100-foot tall... Uh, communications array and as we were setting it up all of a sudden we were being screamed at to uh we were hearing eyes on your boots eyes on your boots and all the other soldiers were looking down at their boots but being state guard we were like what's going on so we started looking around and we in the sky we saw a large triangle floating kind of it was like a Like a blimp you have.
1: I can't believe you're telling this story. This was supposed to be secret. Yeah. Okay, well, here you go. This is new. I mean, I knew this, but he's never made this public until right now. Yeah, it's... So this massive flying black triangle that he saw.
3: Right. It looked like um, like a float in a parade, sort of. There were long ropes hanging from it, and it was floating through the sky, and all of us, I can't say where it was, almost said the operation, but we were there... Uh, doing some work close to the border and uh, I was looking at it with my jaw hanging open and all of a sudden a two-quart canteen went flying by my head and we looked over and it was some uh, higher-ranking person uh, screaming at us, you know, eyes on your boots and then we looked down and we were all called and shuffled away but I told him that story and told him not to tell anyone just to kind of test to see if I could uh, trust him because I had some issues. That's true, with and I people. never
1: did. So this is yeah. the first time it's gone public. So that was my test, huh? And I guess I passed. Right. right. And that, was,
3: that occurred else, <laughs> I was not involved in the programs when it happened. I was involved in the Texas State Guard.
1: Right. So, Corey, for those who, again, are not familiar with this, let me just give a little summary and then have you go into some details. I had heard about some very bizarre stuff because... Try to wrap your head around this now. you got the Roswell crash, people telling me Roswell was real, and that we reverse-engineered the stuff. So that means not only did we reverse-engineer these cool things that make smartphones, but we reverse-engineered interstellar-capable spacecraft. And that's 70 years ago that Roswell happened. They've had 70 years to play around with portal technology, anti-gravity, all of this amazing stuff. And what we're getting from what Emery has been telling us here, he was working for a base in which samples came in. And Emery, how many intact bodies of different types of species did you actually end up handling for the military?
2: A little over three hundred.
1: A little over three hundred. There it goes again. Somebody really doesn't want Emery talking. There's this guy in the back with the little microwave thing. (laughs) This is why I always get a mic with a wire, folks. When you become famous like me, ask for the wire. Trust me. You'll you'll be thankful. Because you're gonna be the teachers. This is the SEAL team, folks. You are not just here to be entertained. You are not just hanging out on the grass. This is a planet healing initiative. What we are doing here, the big picture of this is the extraterrestrials have been here since ancient times. They've built the pyramids. They've built the Stonehenge and all this other stuff. They took native materials, they came from another planet, they used what they had here and with anti-gravity it's really easy to do that stuff. But then there's this disconnect between the Ancient Aliens show and the stuff we talk about there and what we're talking about with Corey and Emery. So Corey, what is your understanding of the relationship between people who built pyramids and people that are still and I say people as in extraterrestrials. People who are still working for our government black projects now, are they the same individuals that built the pyramids that are still working with us now? I don't know about the pyramids themselves. Okay.
3: again. <laughs> telling you. But are you referring to the ancient
1: builder race? Well, that's way, way back. I'm okay. just saying in general. the pre-Adamites. Yeah, let's. We could do the pre-atomites. Let's let's talk about people who built large stone structures on Earth. And are they still around now? Are they, did they actually leave? Did they disappear, or did they just go quiet and undercover? Well, about fifty-five to sixty thousand years ago, a group that originated
3: from Mars crash landed onto our planet after a series of catastrophes on their planet. They landed in what is now. Antarctica. It was positioned differently on the globe then. They landed in an area where they knew ancient builder race technology was.
1: Is someone yelling? We got other stages oh, okay. here. We're, we're not just alone, bro. I, I thought I was loud enough. So you, he's, he's getting his cherry busted right now. This is new for him. Festivals. You're doing great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remember where I was? <laughs> Ancient builder race, and we were talking about... So the, the pre-Adamites, their group landed,
3: and they began to genetically tinker with all of the human beings that were here already, and uh, animal life. So while they were tinkering with um, the genetics uh, on the planet, races that were here to watch over us and to watch over genetic programs going on here already, didn't like it. It was affecting their programs, so they caused, or were a part of cataclysms hitting the earth, which wiped out this pre-Adamite race, mostly. Uh, Their cities were covered in flash-frozen waves that covered Antarctica, the remnants of the uh, people that were living in outposts that were these preatomites survived in South America and Africa up into North Africa and even Europe and this
1: is why we see these elongated skulls that have actually been Discovered, dug up, That's tested what, all over the world. These beings look very much like us,
3: except they were from a different planet. They're thinner and taller, and, and uh, but they have elongated skulls.
1: And you mentioned that they're from Mars. Now, skeptics are going to be laughing at you saying Mars is a dead, dry desert planet. So why would you say that they would have come from another planet in our solar system like Mars? They left their planet in stages.
3: Their planet had a major, a series of major catastrophes long ago, like half a million years or, and, and beyond.
1: And, and NASA has now said publicly that that 1.2 billion years ago, Mars had oceans that were a mile and a half deep. So Mars was like Earth. NASA has made that public. So you're saying that it, it gradually fell apart and they had to leave in stages? Well,
3: they, they left, the, the larger part of them, their elite left, and they created an arc on the moon. Okay. And on the moon, they had all of the life from their planet, they uh, with much of which has been seeded here. And uh, they also were using that as a um, high ground point. They had a uh, outpost on Earth already in that area where they ended up crash landing, but uh, they were up to mischief on the moon as well. And they ended up getting attacked there. And because of this attack, they had to leave the moon and they had their last three large motherships that they crashed landed down in what is now Antarctica. And all of that is still under the ice. They. Uh, to survive, they cannibalized their technology from their craft and created a new civilization, which mm-hmm. built what many of us believe is Atlantis.
1: Okay, so that's a lot of stuff to take in really quickly. I want to just review a couple things, then I'm going to hand it back to Emery for a second. What are we really saying here? We're saying not only was Mars once like the Earth with oceans, and habitable continents and trees and plants and animals and all the flora and fauna that we see on Earth. But also there was a super Earth that Mars orbited around and Mars was a habitable watery moon which NASA just announced last week that that's going to be the typical exoplanet situation is a large Earth-like planet and a smaller Earth-like moon, both of which have oceans. They just made that announcement last week. And and it's confirmed that a number of the extraterrestrial
3: races that we've dealt with grew or evolved on a planet much like that.
1: That's right. So this is very, very interesting because what we're talking about is that our own solar system is loaded with ruins. And it was all the way back in 1993 that I read Richard C. Hoagland's book, Monuments to Mars. Give him a big round of applause. You... You can look on the NASA footage. You can actually see pictures taken by the probes that were going around Mars and see this face that's a mountain that's a mile and a half wide where it has a headdress around it. It's clearly human. It has two eyes, symmetrical face. It's got the mouth. It's got the nose. It's got the headdress. And then if that's not crazy enough, immediately to the left you have a city of pyramids. And they look just like the pyramids you see in Egypt. And then immediately south, you have a five-sided pyramid. And it's not just a pentagonal shape. It's five-sided with the proportions of the human body, like the infamous Leonardo da Vinci painting called The Vitruvian Man. So this clearly was the pyramid was built to indicate human proportions, and you got a human face so this is sitting right there and they're not telling you so the real gist of what Corey has just said if you're not familiar with this is the legend of Atlantis has been misunderstood because Atlantis was what we now call Antarctica and the earth actually shifted on its axis which caused the great biblical flood and then that continent first got flooded but then the water immediately froze and turned into a glacier So one of the most interesting things that our government has been keeping secret from us, or the military, because it's really outside the hands of the government, is that they have found these massive, massive motherships from this original Martian civilization buried under the ice in Antarctica. Now, Emery, I want to bring this back to you. Are you personally familiar with the motherships under the ice in Antarctica from your own time working for the government? Absolutely. Okay, could you tell us a little bit about that?
2: They have been uh, excavating this for quite some time. Even on this day, they are down there right now taking out artifacts and archaeological... uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really like hearing helicopters while we're talking uh, on the stage. All three of us within like 20 feet of each other, They could have just bought a ticket.
2: But... We have have some very specialized ground penetrating devices that can go very deep into the earth and shoot these uh, slow volumetric wave formats into the planet. And it can bounce back and we can measure the exact, all of earth elements of what it exactly is. It's 400 times greater, um, it has a 400 times greater uh, perception than a CAT scan or an MRI so we can actually use this on your body to like zoom into just a couple cells and zap the cancer cells and this is the stuff they're holding back from us but getting back to Antarctica there are craft down there, three miles long there are huge civilizations down there and they are now taking things from Egypt and, and from Peru some artifacts and stashing them down there to throw off the archaeologists when they do come forward with this because the truth is it's going to really disrupt this organize, uh, organized religion around the planet and the history of what we've all been taught here in America. They're going to have to rewrite the whole book. <laughs>
1: <Yay! Woo! Yeah! laughs> Emery Smith. So look, this is, this is a guerrilla war that we're doing right now. We're on stage with you guys. This is not being co- suppressed. There's, there's a whole bank of cameras right here, okay? This is going to become public. This is going to become something everybody knows. And Corey and I, back in, I think it was the end of 2016, we were told, do this right now. Get this story out immediately because if you don't get this story out, you're going to be scooped. And within hours of when we released my article, The Antarctic Atlantis, All of these tabloids start talking about that they found a city under the ice in Antarctica. And of course you say, well, it's a tabloid, it's not really true. That's not the point. The point is that that information had never been planted in the zeitgeist before that moment. Now, when we look at the big picture of what's going on here with these guys on stage and why we're at this event today, folks... It's very important to understand that there are some very basic laws of physics that this military-industrial complex is lying to you about. We're here because of a technology, if you want to think of it that way, a technology of consciousness. This research that I'm about to go into is something that these extraterrestrials want us to know. You have been lied to for so long You don't realize how powerful you are Oh what could one person do Against the government What could one person do Against the system Wait a minute guys Corey one of the things you did Is work for the Federal Reserve In, in your prior incarnation Let's say And what do these guys Know about the power of our consciousness And how are they using it against us
3: working yeah they understand that money is a principle that goes back a very long time it's a babylonian money magic system it's used to enslave and control people and it's very effective oh i keep thinking someone's talking to
1: (laughs) you he just spaced out because the money system has got him (laughs) right right so yeah i when I
3: worked there, it was interesting that uh, a number of uh, secret societies were there. They tried to actually recruit me. I was invited to go to um, a Masonic Lodge, which I did, one in Plano, Texas, and uh, visited with them for a little while. And It was pretty much a bunch of just old guys sitting around, you know, not really doing much, and then they kicked me out, and I have no idea what went on then. But. Uh, then, some of the people I worked with that were part of the um, Order of the Black Sun invited me to go out on a boat with them, and I didn't really fully understand that they were a part of this group yet. And they got me out on the boat on uh, Lake Dallas, Lake Louisville in Dallas. and all of these temptations were around, and I knew intuitively that they had cameras on board, and they were trying to entice me. They had women uh, doing drugs below, uh, uh, underneath the boat, and uh, they were really trying to recruit me, and I knew what was going on, so I, was very, very careful about where I was and where I went.
1: You never got anywhere near those women doing drugs? Not, not even, even once? Not even near the stairs. Oh, wow. Can <laughs> you believe that? I don't know. <laughs> I promise.
3: <laughs> My wife's over here.
0: <laughs>
3: so 25 years. That goes back past then, so I, I would But um, so they were trying to recruit me and bring me in because some of them knew I was involved in other programs. And uh, I was just gathering information because I, I was already starting to release little bits and pieces of information online and, and uh, blogs and on forums. And uh, then that's, you know, shortly when I, before I communicated with you and started to do so overtly. That was like 2013, I think.
1: Well, we have a very short time here and I want to make sure that I hit this point because I know you have this in there let me ask you the question more directly how do these corporate military occult powers that are controlling our world how do they use the power of our collective consciousness to win for hundreds if not thousands of years at least up until recently they've been winning Okay. how do they do that what, how do they use our consciousness what, hello. what they've understood
3: for eons and science is understood for decades as the observer effect. When scientists, when a scientist observes an experiment, their perceived idea of the outcome has an influence on the actual experiment. So we live in a consensus reality. We're co we're co-creating this reality together, and we are all sparks of the one infinite Creator, and we have that creative ability. So. We, we can't know about it. They have to keep us ignorant of it. And then they use it against us. That's why they use movies and propaganda, uh, religions, to manicure and control our co-creative uh, consciousness to be the real power behind their magic. That is, we are their magic, our power.
1: So essentially what we're looking at here is that we are actually telepathic and our consciousness affects reality we impact reality so actually the entire reason why this event has happened why you're here why all these vendors with all their booths are here, the whole deeper reason why we're here today gets back to scientific research proving that Three out of four people all over the world, out of the seven billion we have, three out of four of them will decide not to commit an act of war or crime or terrorism just by a group of 7,000 people meditating. Isn't that crazy? This has been proven scientifically, and I want to make that point clear. 72% reduction in crime, terrorism, war-like activity, and fatalities. And a corresponding increase in the health of things like the economy. So how could this be possible? How could this even happen? It seems really bizarre. But what I'm trying to say is that your emotions could be thought of like a temperature... Now let's just imagine if you will That we were all locked up inside a room Okay And there's there's doors that are closed And you can't open the doors And the, the heat in that room starts getting Higher and higher and higher And some people are over by those doors But they're not opening If it gets uncomfortable enough Believe me everybody's going to be like What the hell's going on with those guys over by the door Why are they not opening the door I'm going to get over there I'm going to open that effing door I don't care I'm going to kick the effing door open. And I'm saying that that way because we do have children here. that are about to be on stage. So my normal colorful use of language is being a little bit restrained. So please bear with me. It's not supposed to be my normal colorful use of language, but it happens. It's, and I, I make dick jokes. It's just It's just bad. <laughs>
2: I also want to add to that, not about the joke, but also about the consciousness of us meditating here also affects other planetary systems and universes, and it's almost interdimensional. And the reason our consciousness has been ele- getting elevated and elevated is because there's other civilizations, either a, higher, a little bit at the same level or at a higher level, that are doing the same thing somewhere else, and it's affecting the entire universe, Right. Yeah, that's true. It's a healing of not only the the people to change us to be better people, but it's also healing Gaia. It's helping the planet understand that there are people here that care about the planet, and we are going to clean up this mess.
1: Absolutely. So we have been taught that we don't have power. We have been taught that we are weak. We have been taught that this military-industrial complex is so interconnected that they're listening to everything that you do. You can't plot against them. You can't do anything to stop them. You just have to get out of the way and let the tanks roll on into your town and let them take over. That's what they would like you to believe. And what I'm trying to say here, folks, is that just with the kind of harmony that we're creating at this event, this weekend, we have enough people to make this happen. We have enough people to create a dent in those statistics that will be measurable and scientifically provable after we've gone home and we go back and look at the actual crime statistics. That's amazing. That's why we're here. So it's a little bit of a bridge to try to go from, okay, these guys are talking extraterrestrials, and I've confirmed this, by the way, we've verified their military service records. These guys are real. This is not something we're making up. Believe me, we're not making a lot of money on this. This is about people coming forward to get us into a Star Trek civilization because the technology exists right now for us to have anti-gravity, for us to have free energy, yes, it's already here. Corey, you've had a great deal of interaction with different types of extraterrestrials, as has Emery. Could you give us a sense of what is the real reason why the positive extraterrestrials are here on Earth today? They haven't become public yet. They haven't shown themselves to us collectively yet. But but through these back channels like what they're doing with you and me and Emory, there is a message they want us to know. Could you give us a quick summary of what their message is for humanity?
3: Well, there have been two main messages from all of the positive ET groups out there. The first one is to demand the release of suppressed technologies. Which is something we are beginning to organize to do, to begin to um, to become activists, to demand it. Because if we're waiting for someone to come up and announce it, it's never going to happen. The second thing they at request of us is that we expand our consciousness or become more spiritual. And that's something that this group is uh, um, here to do today. So,
1: And that's awesome. Emery, in your in your interactions with positive extraterrestrials, which you've had plenty of, could you explain for us what for, for somebody who, let's say in the future, that this is our this is our ground crew, this is our SEAL team, these people might be some of the first ones in this audience, you out here you might be some of the first ones to actually have interspecies contact because you're on the cutting edge, you know the, about this before everybody else does, you're willing to come out here And sit on the grass and listen to us talk about this stuff. So, Emery, say to the people in the audience now, based on your own personal experience, what is it like to be in the presence of one of these benevolent extraterrestrials? What does it feel like? What happens to you?
2: Well, one of the first meetings I've had, they made us memorize about 150 to 300 questions. Because right upon meeting someone a little bit more advanced than you, especially if they're telepathic, within 0.03 seconds, all those questions are answered. And now that just raises another million questions. (laughs) But at the same time, there's this overwhelming feeling of love and gratitude that you even made the effort to make contact. And I think that is something that everyone needs to know. It's not about them coming you know, here to shake hands. It's about us also reaching out and, and putting that intention out because it's the most lovely experience uh, that you'll ever probably encounter by having every emotion in your body to just open up to a stranger because being in their etheric field, you get to experience their energy. And it's 110% love.
1: <laughs> Corey, you have had direct telepathic contact with some of the most advanced ETs out there in our neck of the woods, and you've described before this overwhelming feeling that happened when you made that mental handshake with them. Taking a lead from what Emery said here, could you describe what that experience was like for you? What, 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 is, what happens to your consciousness when you make that deep of a contact with these beings?
3: Well, you're really opening yourself up. <clears throat> One of the things that was noted in the training and as they slowly begin to expose us to different types of beings is that the different positive beings had different ways of communicating telepathically. Some of them would, there would be, a you know, that internal monologue voice that you hear right now. You know, when you're saying, you know, what are these guys talking about? Aliens? And that voice? They'll use that voice to talk with you, or sometimes they will send you images and smells, tastes, all of your auditory responses. They scan you, and if you have a certain memory that is tied to a smell or a feeling, they'll use a combination of all of that in communicating with you. So it's there are a lot of different ways to communicate telepathically, and that is that is one. Some of the higher density beings communicate with uh, emo- the emotions, the smells, the tastes, and uh, many of the others just use the monologue.
1: I remember, and this is, if you guys have watched, some of you have watched the show, you'll understand this, but... How many people to- have watched the show? Can you raise your hand? Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay.
3: No explanation needed. <laughs>
1: So you have described being uh, a vessel for this particular extraterrestrial group that we've been calling the Blue Avians to speak, and you said that it was so amazing that tears were streaming down your face. Could you take us to that moment and describe that?
3: Yeah, every time that um, they've had, they've kind of, I guess, channeled through me to where there have been other people in the room that they want to communicate with but they don't communicate with them directly they would communicate through me and the minute they, they will tell me um, repeat everything back exactly as it's relayed to you and then I begin to do that and the minute they begin to communicate through me tears just stream down my face just will not stop it's, it's and, very emotional
1: and what is it that's causing that to happen
3: it's this intense emotional bridge is made between you and this being that is so spiritual and advanced that your psyche really has no way to cope with it other than an emotional response.
1: And Emery, when you guys do the close encounter of the fifth kind, CE5, what is happening? What What is the state of consciousness that must be created for these beings to actually reach out and make that type of contact with you? Well,
2: anyone can do it. And that's the whole myth. You don't have to be special or psychic or a certain race or gender or different lineage. We all have this amazing ability to do anything. And you know why that is, guys? It's because we're all the same. We're all one. And if you can think that way, We'll all be on the same page and we can all reach out with our intention, shooting it up like a laser, our consciousness, into the universe and picturing what we know scientifically with our three-dimensional eyeballs and brain of what it looks like above us, 100 feet, 200 feet, 10 miles, North America, Earth, Mars, keep going, keep going keep putting this love and intention to say that I am not afraid to meet you. We are ready for this. You know, please come. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. I love you guys.
0: Love you. <laughs> love you.
2: The thing is, we had many people come on these expeditions and even in the military where they were doing something like this, a little different than the civilian version. And we've had a lot of media come along with us on these expeditions around the world. And they're ready. You know, they're always like, well, I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to do this. I'm not scared. And, you know, of course, they're not conscious. And, you know, they watch the Kardashians all day long and who knows (laughs) what. So, programming. Get away from the programming, everyone. And we had a a craft come down one time. And the group has been through this, but we had a couple, you know, newbies and media. And they just turned around and ran back to the car with their cameras. <laughs> and the craft went, slowly went away because as soon as they sense anxiety or fear, they're not gonna do that. A real craft will not do that from another civilization. Our alien reproduction vehicles here will emit threatening waves, scale our waves at to get you scared, and maybe you see a head bobbing in the window, staring at you with big sharp teeth. That's all fake. But for the most part, what I'm getting at is we can all do this together in a very short period of time, but you have to be aware of it. I mean, all I tell is everybody, as soon as you go outside, this is great because I got to go over here, guys. But when you look up there, oh my goodness. If you spend more time looking up there than down here, you'd be amazed of not only the things you can see in the 3D, but the things that you can feel interdimensionally because you're allowing yourself to be open to it and be aware of it.
1: So our allotted time here is four more minutes and I don't want to run over because it drives me crazy at conferences when people run over and don't care about what happens next. So let me just... That's why they put you at the end. (laughs) That's true. It's better to put me at the end. You'll go for three hours. I certainly can. But I am respectful if that is not the last slot of the day. So let me just give you guys a little window into what's going to be happening here next, and then I want to close out what we're doing here. Um, There are going to be a group of children coming up on this stage... Because that childlike innocence is a big part of how these meditations work. And the meditation is going to be led with you right here, right now, from the stage. So we are setting the intention. We are tuning you right now like a tuning fork. Getting you thinking about extraterrestrials. Getting you thinking about what that moment would be like. When you're in front of this being that is angelic. A being that it satisfies a yearning that you've had in your heart and your soul your entire life to really connect with something not just like the projection you had of your parents when you were a kid we always want to look up to our parents and it all works out pretty well until the first time you hear the word no and (laughs) that's when you start screaming and crying you can't have that candy bar we're not going down that aisle of the grocery store because that's where all the ice cream is. Stay with me. Ah! <laughs> well, see, there you go. It almost sounds like you've been a parent. <laughs> Past lives, yes. For sure. When we look at the scope of how much more evolved these beings that Corey and Emery have met with face-to-face, I've had a lot of telepathic interactions and dream interactions, not face-to-face. When we understand the scope of what's going on here, it is a feeling of such incredible peace, such incredible love. It satisfies something that you might not have even known you needed, that you've been hungry for your entire life. That feeling of true love, that feeling of looking in the face of a genuine master and the master is smiling at you and you smile back at the master and it's as if everything around you is sparkling and you feel like you're levitating off the ground it is a feeling of total love total peace total fascinating satisfaction that something you've been yearning for am i alone is there a purpose to my life do i do i have value That now you know emotionally, you feel it. Yes, I do. Yes, I am a perfect child of this intelligent, conscious universe. That, my friends, is the feeling that I want you to evoke in your heart, in your soul, as we do this meditation. The people who studied this, the people who got 7,000 people together... ...and reduce crime and terrorism by 72% in the world. They had a name for this. They called it pure consciousness. Pure consciousness is what happens... ...when you no longer feel that you are a separated being. When you no longer feel cut off... ...from the others around you. When you no longer feel isolated. You no longer feel alone. You no longer feel abandoned. If you can evoke that state of pure consciousness today then you are actually helping to change the free will of everyone on earth because we are one. Their emotions are interfacing with yours. And when just a small number of us take that hot room where everybody's angry, remember I was talking about the room and the doors, and if there's somebody near the door, you're going to want to get rid of him. I want to kick that door open. Just a few of us are like an air conditioner dropped into that room. Just like a gust of fresh air, nice cool air. Everybody calms down, everybody relaxes. So it's about the temperature of the emotions on earth. Emotional temperature determines when somebody's going to pick up that gun and try to shoot somebody with it. And if we can lower the temperature by just being relaxed, being at peace, feeling love, feeling fraternity, feeling that genuine satisfaction that you would have If you've always wanted to meet some kind of divine, angelic being and then that moment actually arrives, there you are, there's the being and you feel this pure love. That is what I want all of us here to do because this is not, again, entertainment. This is technology. This is a technology that we can use to help guarantee that we are on the positive timeline for humanity's future. Where we get the forbidden technologies, where we become an interstellar species. Look at that. (laughs) Much faster. There's bubbles all over here. (laughs) Much faster than we thought could ever have been possible. That is the promise. That is the truth of what we're doing here today. You have so much more power than you know. So don't look at this as just a random gathering. This is a beachhead. This is a moment that has never happened before, where we have top whistleblowers in front of a huge audience, teaching you the number one secret to defeat the powers that <clears throat> were. hey <laughs> So, I'd like to hand it over first to you, Corey, for your closing thoughts, and then to Emery for your closing thoughts. I think we both covered it.
3: We all know that we are one and uh, we've been programmed for decades and beyond to look to the sky for savior for relief when we have the power we are the ones that we've been waiting for we just have to get up off our knees and reclaim it i don't
2: know about you guys but i am ready to lay down and meditate and get up there I want to thank all of y'all for having me and thanks Dave and Corey as well you guys want to see more of this so you can check out my website emrysmith.net. I'm doing a big uh, live stream on uh, July 7th in uh, Boulder, Colorado if you like the stuff we're talking about we're going to go over a lot more so thank you again
1: alright I got a little extra notice that there's, there's some more detail that you guys should have so We are going to have some additional things going on today. This is not the last you've seen of us. If you want more, there's another stage, which I believe is over there, right? I want more. Uh, He wants more. He's been filming it the whole time. He's ready. So we have a panel that's going to be done with Jimmy Church. There's another stage. I think it's called the Earthgate stage or something like that. And that starts, I believe, at 5.15, right? It's where? The last 10 over there. So we're going to be over there around 5 o'clock. And then another thing that I really want you guys to be here for. 8.30 tonight. The first time that Corey Good has ever had a movie built from his team. And this is a real movie. Yes. This is the world premiere of the semifinal cut. I mean, we might tweak it a little more, right? Above Majestic. <laughs> Called Above Majestic. This movie is is a tool. It is a weapon against ignorance. It is something that can unlock so many doors because, just like I've been trying to tell you guys for 20 years now, there's all these different insiders who are telling us different things, but they all interconnect in beautiful ways. And we find out we have a secret space program, and we find out how much we've been lied to. We find out about the forbidden technology. This film integrates all of these insiders together, you're going to see them on the big screen telling you what's really going on the first time that we've really integrated it all together in one big piece the world premiere is tonight at 8.30 so you definitely want to check that out Roger is
3: finishing up the last touches on it right now
1: so another thing that's going on Corey is having a conference in August August 18th called Dimensions of Disclosure I'm going to be there he's going to be there, Emery's going to be there it's a big thing, it's going to be at Loveland Ranch in Colorado August 18th and then a couple weeks before that I'm having something called the Grand Download where I will just give you 17 hours of this whole overview of ascension and extraterrestrial life and the scientific proof of this amazing shift that's coming our way that's on my website, which is DivineCosmos.com. Corey's website is SphereBeingAlliance.com. And Emery's website is EmerySmith.net. So please, everybody, hang out. Don't go running away. We got the children coming up on stage, and they're going to lead you through, them and an adult, of course, they're supervised. They're going to lead you through a mass meditation. Let's hear it. Disclosure Fest. All right. Thank you so much for being...